a nice apocalypse, uh, looking at the works of Richard Kelly and Southland Tales. I am one of your co-hosts, Marcelo Pico, uh, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society, podcaster. Um, this is my 100th podcast series I've done. Um, and for uh, and here helping me celebrate the 100th podcast series is uh, the other co-host of this show, uh, Marcus Serving. Hey, Marcus. Yeah, what's up? Hey, you know, it's, it's me, Marcus. I forgot to get you something. I should have like streamers or like one of those confetti popper things you have but yeah i don't have any of those but i do got this for you oh there, there you go, go. what is that like that is that a gun <laughs> oh. Oh, loading up a gun <laughs> loading up a gun. it obviously sounds like a gun you're loading no no i'm, I'm opening up a can of mountain dew whoop ass oh no i mountain. mean hey the sugar in these things i might as well be loading up a gun right <laughs> I'm putting it to your head. Yes, exactly. I know what you're talking about, Marcus. Exactly. Um, welcome to... That, that's the silent killer. It's sugar. Not cholesterol. Sugar. Right. Okay, so what are we doing here, Marcelo? <laughs> this is another episode of the show. Uh, this is... We're, we're, we okay. are in Southland Tales country here. We're yes. on chapter three. Of Southland Tales, real three, if you ask me. Uh, although that won't be anywhere in the d- episode description or in the title, I just like to call these chapters reels, because typically a reel, a film reel, and this was shown on the film. I get into that uh, later on in the episode. Um, reels are typically about uh, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, maybe. And uh, the way we're looking at Southland Tales in this series is chapter by chapter on the Arrow release of Southland Tales. The theatrical cut. That's right. The theatrical cut. So we've done... Theatrical cut. Chapter one, we've done chapter two, now we're on chapter three. That's right, Mark. Am I forgetting forgetting anything? Is there anything we need to touch on before we dig into this chapter? No, Marcelo, you absolutely nailed it. That is exactly what we're here to do today, is talk about chapter three... Of Southland Tales, and as you said, we're in the Southland. Tales. Marcel, what is the Southland? Where is that? Uh, I, I mean, it's California, right? What is that like a defined area, or is that like a slang used by people who live around there? That is something I will dig into uh, in episode five, uh, in chapter five of gotcha. the, uh, Southland Tales uh, uh, series. Um, Understood. So in two episodes, Too much to talk about today. No, exactly. We have a lot to cover, actually. So I will give you a historical definition, you know, a a a, uh, a timeline of when the word was first conceived, all the way through present time. What does Southland mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find that out on epi- on chapter five of our Southland Tales discussion. So two episodes. Yo, I'll dig into that because on this episode, I might as well get this. No, wait. You know what we should do. Mm. I was gonna say I do have uh, some research to share that I yeah we've got we've yeah that, yeah yeah that yeah. I that I teased a few episodes ago yeah. and you teased me up for it last That's episode. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've got it. I I, I did do the work, um, but before we get into that, you know, we have to get into our new segment, the one you introduced last episode. Yeah, I feel like we have to get that our out of the way. 
This is we don't have any we don't have a theme song for it yet or anything, but this is our world famous uh, Southland Ales segment where we each create a cocktail based on a character or concept from the film Southland Tales, and we test it live on the show and see how well it goes. <laughs> I I of course am not a drinker. I never really have been. I don't know how any about anything about alcohol or mixing, but I that still does not stop me from doing this for you the people because you need to drink something. And again, <laughs> nobody is telling Marcus to do this. He just on his own free will came up with the idea. Yeah. And I That's laughed right. when you said we were taste testing it live on air. I'm not drinking any of this. I'm only right, of course. coming up with like cocktail ideas and giving you and you, you and, and, and not partaking you are for any listeners of the last episode which if you haven't listened to the last episode please do it was great we had harrison on they were amazing um but live on yes. on air uh during that episode remind the people who may not have tuned in uh, uh what you drank last episode yeah so last episode it was the krista now which was a watermelon Red Bull combined <laughs> with rum chata and Malibu. So two different types of rum, uh, one of which has cream in it, which curdled the Red Bull. <laughs> but, uh, hey, you know what? It tasted good. It, 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 it worked thematically with the film, which is the number one area of importance, I think. It doesn't matter how it tastes. As long and as also, it I think it's especially... As long as it fits the themes, and also I think it's especially cool that the person who doesn't know what he's doing and went to the grocery store about two hours before this started and just looked around and was like, fuck, what do I do, <laughs> is the one that is, is making the cocktails. And the person who knows a thing or two about cocktails and could probably make a good one is uh, not going to do that. <laughs> I, I think that's really cool. <laughs> Listen. And the way it should work. <laughs> Marcus. Yeah. I okay. Marcella. I will eventually do it. Okay. <laughs> it's just that um, yeah. it's not that uh, I don't uh, want to do it. It's just that um, I, I just need I need more prep work. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I could I could easily, and it's not like I'm half-assing it, which is also uh-huh. uh, uh, an argument to make. But, uh, no, look, we've got we've got your segment later that will prove that you are not half-assing this show. Exactly. You're about to drop some real knowledge on us. Real knowledge. Um, but for yeah. this segment, for this episode, you know, right. I did not make it live. Although the thing I ended up uh, writing down as my idea for this episode's cocktail, I would drink. You know, versus the thing I did mm-hmm. last episode. Uh, I wouldn't drink that. I don't even remember what it was. It was like Monster Energy drink. Eh, Monster Energy drink, like vodka, I think. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, but this, on this one, you know, uh, uh, sh- should I start? Because, okay, so, what, Marcus, you're, yeah. pick, you're picking the theme or the character that's uh, going to um, be the uh, inspiration for each cocktail. So what's this episode's right. uh, uh, inspiration? What's this, ep- what's this uh, chapter's... Um, character that we're focusing on so what what i'm thinking we're gonna have 12 episodes of this we already missed the first episode and didn't do one on there so we only got 11 episodes to do so we gotta do two uh for the next episode right (laughs) (laughs) 
maybe one of these will double up just to hit 12, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so the last episode we did Kristen now. She's uh, uh, obviously one of the main characters in the movie, one of the most important characters in the movie. Equally as important, I would say, to the film Southland Tales uh, is Fortunio Balducci. Of course, lovingly portrayed by Mr. Will Sasso of Mad TV fame. Uh, who is this character? What is this guy? He's friends with Krista now for some reasons. He's kind of a, a, a huckster. He's a, he's a, he's a stealer. He's a, he's, in, he's involved in the drug trade and pimping. Um, anything else we know about him, Marcel? Any insight you can give onto the man, Fortunio Balducci? Well, uh, we got a lot more of him in the prequel comic, um, which yeah, all, of our, all of our listeners um, can easily find on that website we mentioned three episodes ago. Um, and I got my inspiration for the for the drink from more from the prequel comic than the actual movie, because in the actual movie, I mean, he plays a role, but. He's not seen as much as uh, he's not a big figure like he is in the prequel comic in the movie. Um, yeah. But uh, why, why don't I kick it off? Okay, so here is what cocktail. Here's here's what drink uh, I'm making for Faltunio Balducci, and I think he would like this drink. Um, here's what's in it. We have vodka. We have cranberry juice, and we have Coca-Cola. Now, you can either have Coca-Cola or Coke Zero. I might go for Coke Zero. Uh, you're going to want to, uh, you know, let's say, let's say a shot of vodka, you know, uh, a, a serving size of cranberry juice and Coke together, some ice, uh, maybe a cherry on top. Um, that's it. it. And my drink is called... The fortunate bald fruit drink. Okay, <laughs> that's the name. Uh, I really, and, I really, uh, I really tried to make something. The name wise, I tried to make it clever as cl- as clever as possible, but I only came up with fortunate bald fruit drink. Now, <laughs> my uh, my uh, inspiration for this came from the character, and I looked up what the most popular drink. In Las Vegas is because I think that's where he started in the Ooh, prequel comic. That's interesting. Is Las I like Vegas, that. and apparently the most popular drink in Las Vegas is, according to the first hit on Google, uh, is a vodka cranberry juice, which I love. Huh. And I, I'm, I was like, why, why don't I just add some Coke in there? Why don't I add some caffeine? So I can imagine Fort, Fortunio Balducci drinking the fortunate bald fruit drink. Uh, you know, uh, he, he, he could down a few of those as, as he's at the poker table in Las Vegas. So yeah, uh-huh. there you go. So I felt like I passed. I felt like I made a drink that to me sounds good, uh, fits the character really well. I think, uh, I, I succeed. I win, uh, right off the bat. All right. Well, okay. Marcelo, I don't disagree with you cause I know what I'm about to make and yours sounds better. The, uh, but I, I do, Marce- Marcella, you're not making this today. I would like one of our listeners to make that and uh, send us a video of you drinking it. That'd be great. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that challenge that A24 <clears throat> tweeted out and then deleted like a few hours later of like when um, that uh, 
Ethan Hawke movie. What was that? The the religious one by Paul Schrader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Earth one. Uh, uh, I forget the name. First, 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 first contact. First reformed. First reformed. Um, yeah. And uh, a scene in that movie in First Reformed, um, he's like, you know, the most depressed a man can get about the world and like the Earth dying, and he pours himself like a uh, alcoholic drink. I forget what I forget mm-hmm. what it was, but whatever it was, it was mixed with Pepto Bismol. Um, and A twenty four is like, hey, folks on Twitter, uh, send us your video of you drinking, you know, an alcoholic drink mixed with Pepto Bismol. Oh. Um, oh. So they deleted that because uh, apparently you're not yeah. supposed to drink alcoholic drinks with Pepto Bismol. Probably, yeah, probably should have thought about that for longer than three seconds, I guess, whoever <laughs> social media manager is over but, there. But anyway, we're more responsible uh, here on this show. Um, talk about your... We, yeah, we do We do have to make one of those, though, like the Tide Pod thing. Like, like we got to make some challenge that's extremely dangerous that people start doing, and we get notoriety ultimately from it, and that's the important thing. That's how we become so, like, I, I guess we'll be thinking show. about that in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Let's get to my drink. Marcelo, this one I kind of had to scramble for. I mentioned two hours ago I was out looking for things. And I didn't get to, I did not end up doing all that much research on the man, Fortunio Balducci. I'll tell you what I did do. What'd you do? Um, his first name's Fortunio, and that's kind of close to fortune. You already did this. <laughs> yeah. And I thought of what what's fortune can, I, I thought of fortune. For, well, shit. What, what? Fortune, fortune favors the bold. Fortune right? five hundred. Oh, okay. and so the bold. Okay. I thought, of what's a bold? What's a bold drink? What's a like very flavorful and bold thing? And so I thought of coffee. I guess. Okay. And so I have a coffee base, right? Talk about your Pouring coffee base. Glass. What? What do you mean coffee it's base? A, uh, I don't know. What do you mean it, you don't it's, know? It's a it's a Starbucks caramel coffee thing I bought. All right. A cold drink right like one of those like uh it's not currently bottle. but it should be okay right okay i, I get and then it. i looked up and then i looked up the origin of the name balducci okay here we go and wh- what do you think that sounds like first off because for i would have guessed italian italian right but it's, it's italian not. right it's not italian no. what is it then it's not italian no it, it, it's germanic in in origin apparently okay okay right okay so i looked up german alcohol oh no. right uh-huh and no. The first response was Jägermeister. No, why did I think right? No, no, Marcus. Listen right, to me. Listen you've to heard me. of that, right? Listen to me. <laughs> if you're going right. to pour some Jägermeister into some like mocha cappuccino Starbucks drink <laughs> yeah. right now, if you're going yeah. to do that, I'm going yeah. to advise against it. I'm going to do incredibly light, the smallest drop I can do. Oh okay. Is what else are you putting in this drink? Is that, are those to it? No. No. Okay. There. That was that was a tiny drop. There's one third ingredient. Um, one third is still Fortunio. A lot. <laughs> Fortunio is seen smoking a cigar, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Right? Okay. And I thought, what could represent a cigar? I thought of like a cinnamon stick, and so I was going to no. put a cinnamon stick. No. What? what? <laughs> and so I was going to, I was just going to put a cinnamon stick in there, more of a as a garnish. But I couldn't find a cinnamon stick. Okay, thank God. 
So I bought some cinnamon. Oh, and I'm just going to put no. a little bit of cinnamon in there. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The thing's not open. I got to open it. But I'm going to put just a little bit of cinnamon inside of the... And this is no ordinary cinnamon. <laughs> because when I was looking for cinnamon, I found cinnamon toast crunch cinnamon. <laughs> and apparently that's a thing you can buy. <laughs> and then I'm going to mix that around a little bit. And then that's the drink, all right? And I told, and I just drank it, and it was awesome. So no, you didn't. I didn't hear you. Drink we'll see. It. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try it. Try it. Oh, that's fantastic. Is it? I I I used literally like a tiny drop of of uh, of Jägermeister. So this is really just coffee mixed with cinnamon and what's wrong with that right so like yeah that's perfect that's great okay well uh, so i'm sorry for nearly giving you a heart attack i guess i don't know what's wrong with jägermeister jägermeister <laughs> there's something wrong with it it's pure evil if you i mean you're not a heavy drinker you're not a drinker period I'm not, right no no um, i'm not jägermeister is like uh candied it's like the candied yam of alcoholic drinks um does taste bad or super like, hard like really high proof or something it's like yeah it's like too too high of proof um 35 percent alcohol volume it's like it, it it has that hint mm, like even talking, that is a lot even talking about it i mean t- yeah take a swig of some jägermeister just by itself <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll just do that. Yeah, do that. And just, you'll get that sense, because I can't describe it right now, but it's like... Holy fuck! Yeah, there you go. So, it's not good. Oh! Yeah, see? Dear Lord. It's supposed it's to be... pepperminty, it's yeah, medicine-y. Exactly, medicine-y. It's like a sweet... <laughs> like, uh, uh, it, it hits you first <laughs> on that sweet level, but then that back, that back, the back taste uh, is, is terrible. Um, so I was afraid you were going to pour way too much Jägermeister into that coffee. No, no I was no. worried for you. I, I was smart enough to not do that, but yeah. I appreciate you looking out for me as a friend and depriving the good people of the uh, content of me being extremely stupid. Okay. So, <laughs> Stella. Yes, I'm still here. What do we got next on the docket? All right. So it's a few episodes ago. I said on episode, uh, I'm sorry, on chapter three of this Southland Tales deep dive, I was going to tell everybody about uh, what 4K meant, what 2K meant. Yes, the differences. because as we all know, as we all know, the Southland Tales uh, recent release from Aero Video, it is a 2K release. We and don't 4K is like the norm. <laughs> like there's. There's always all these big old movies coming out, and they're like getting 4K releases. Donnie Darko got it recently. Yeah. But this is just a 2K release on a Blu-ray, and I want to know what that means. I have a vague idea, but I don't really know. And I said, Marcelo, you're the smartest guy I know, and I need you to explain this to me. So please, without further ado. Well, first let me say uh, I'm sorry that I am the smartest person you know. Uh, (laughs) Please talk to more people. Um, but let's talk about Southland Tales, uh, its technical aspects. Uh, so it was filmed, actually I have this up on IMDb. Uh, it was filmed on 35 millimeter film. Uh, it says here Kodak Vision 2 500T 5218. 
Um, now, of course, shooting on film on 35, you're going to automatically get, you know, fantastic picture right away. You can, you, you, you can get a 4K uh, master from that, from 35. Um, now, it was originally processed uh, at 4K. Um, it says here, a digital intermediate, which just means, you know, they just transferred it from film to a computer. Um, originally, it was processed at 4K. Now, for the remaster, and I'm assuming that is what was on the old Blu-ray. You know, that old uh, uh, master, right? Now, for the remaster, uh, yes, uh, it was uh, restored at 2K. Now, and this is where the question came up. Like, what's the difference? Why is it 2K? Why is it not 4K? Um, yeah. Now, I'm going to read from the Arrow release uh, booklet uh, where it talks about the restoration. It says here... Southland Tales has been exclusively restored by Arrow Films and is presented in its original aspect ratio of 2.39 to 1, uh, restored uh, in both the theatrical and cons cut versions. It says here, Southland Tales was originally completed in 2K resolution and rendered out as a 2K digital intermediate files, which were used to record film negative uh, elements from which theatrical prints were stuck. Now, that's yeah. what it says in the Arrow booklet. But on IMDb, yeah. it says the digital intermediate was at 4K. So, I don't know who to believe at this point. Um, but I think what's happening here is... Okay, let's... Uh, I'm kind of saving the, 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 the 2K versus 4K thing for the end. But before I get into like the, the confusion on my part of like... Here it says it was completed in 2K when IMDb it says it's there's a 4K master out there. What's the difference first off between 2K and 4K uh, 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 resolution wise? Um, well, first to start with HD. HD everybody knows that's you know Blu-ray. <laughs> that's you know the the, the resolution we're all, we've been accustomed to for like 20 years, right? HD. Yeah. That's 1920 by 1080. Everybody knows that 1080p. Okay, that's and that's, that's and that's and and that's pixels. What is that? That is pixels, my dear sir. Pixels. Um, I'm like so This has eighty more. <laughs> if it's two thousand, uh, oh, that's a big jump. Yeah, I have I have the exact number right here, but uh, ten eighty is what we're accustomed to with HD. For two K, it is at two thousand forty eight by ten eighty. So that's, ah. that's that's close enough. You get like a, a bit more resolution uh, with yeah. uh, 2K versus HD. So there's there's a jump there in pixels. Now with 4K, you have 3,840 by 2160. So that's a that's a bigger jump up from, okay. from HD. Okay. Now let's go back to this 2K versus 4K thing. Why? Is this a 2K restoration versus 4K? Um, I'm going to guess this booklet where it says Southland Tales was originally completed in 2K resolution and rendered out as 2K uh, digital intermediate. I'm going to just assume that they're saying present tense and not past tense. Because perhaps Uh past tense, they were able to do a 4K master. But present tense, I think the only reason it's in 2K, and here's the here's the reveal, is because it's cheaper. 
than 4K. Yeah, there yeah. you go. They didn't, they didn't trust. They didn't trust the Southland fam to come yeah. out. Yeah, so in droves. That is why we see a Donnie Darko 4K release. That is why um, a lot of films, a lot of major films, are released in 4K. Uh, because it does take, I, I looked it up, approximately three times longer to render out 4K versus 2K. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So and that's like just naturally more expensive. Yeah, time and money, time and money. Um, but yeah, so my assumption is, and maybe we'll ask this of Richard Kelly whenever he's on the show. You know, yeah. I want to know was it really? Uh, first transferred uh, in 2K, you know, um, maybe maybe Kelly does have the 4K version uh, uh, somewhere, you know, maybe that's available, you know, but in order to restore it in its current state, I mean, this is, I mean, I'm assuming this version we see now on the Arrow disc is going to be the best version we're going to have made public, you know, <clears throat> but I'm assuming there maybe is a 4K version out there. Uh, that we're not going to see because you know it's it's a is of lesser quality. Even though it's more pixels, you know it, it hasn't had the restoration like this version has had. So, Save, we're saving that for the promotional lead up to the prequel film. I mean, right? who knows at this point? Maybe maybe uh, Arrow will surprise us and they'll go back to Southland Tales and do like a 4K restoration and um, you know render this out in 4K and release. 4k discs so uh i don't know we'll see maybe this podcast series will push that too maybe 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 we are uh at this point we want our fans to petition arrow and richard kelly and who's the who's the studio behind this um wild bunch Mm. i'm reading the back of the case uh destination films hey Destination Films released the 4K cuts of Southland Tales. Yeah, get your asses in the gear. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I did, Marcus. That was my research. Hopefully, it was good enough. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you want to grade me now. Um, uh, how, Universal. How do you think I did? No, so didn't didn't Universal like make it and then Sony bought it like to after the can screening? Is that what happened? Possibly. I feel like I, it's Sony. On the back of my crazy? on the back of my arrow, am I going insane here? On the back of my arrow release, there are like a lot of like smaller independent studios on here. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. It was like a universal release. Universal, yeah. So, like, actually, you know what? Forget the 4K thing. I want to, I want to get a a Universal Studios ride out of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I don't know what that far. entails, um, but oh, oh, I, I, I mean, on on Wikipedia it says it was distributed by Sony Pictures and Universal Pictures. Um, okay, and Samuel Golden Films uh, and Destination Films um, they handled uh, the theatrical release as well. So, uh, and uh, Marcel, I do, I do need to thank you. I, I, you. You did a good job explaining that. I, it, it still flew over my head a bit, but I. Uh, it's still what? Okay, you what, did a good job. I thank you. Let's go back. Let's, let's stay here for a minute. Oh what, boy, what flew over your head? What can I uh, expand on? What 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 one thing you can point to in my breakdown that you were like, huh? What does that mean? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> were you even listening? 
Yeah, of course I was listening. <laughs> they <laughs> weren't. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did I say? I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So it was, it's uh, cheaper to make, and that's why they made it. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. And I get it. All right. Yeah. Everybody gets it. All right, everybody gets it. All Go right. Chapter three of South End Tales. We're in Chapter it. Chapter three. We're, yep. in the, we're in the beef of this uh, episode. Um, we start at minute yeah, at, at, 25, uh, <laughs> second 31. Yep, 25, 31, and we continue on just over 10 minutes to 35, 47. Right? 35, 48 is what I wrote down. 48, excuse me. <laughs> Wait, did you say you know what? Did you say 2531 <laughs> to thirty five forty seven? Okay, I may have misheard. I believe that's what I said. I didn't mean if I said it wrong, I apologize. Uh, and we'll have the recording to 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 hear back on. <laughs> um, but I didn't mean to correct you because I thought you meant I thought you said twenty five forty seven. Could the could the stenographer read that back to us, please? I could easily. We could pause this recording and I could listen back to what you just said. <laughs> But I didn't mean, and I, I might leave this in, I might not, but I didn't mean to correct you over one second. I just thought you just uh, no. uh, messed up the, the minutes there. But No, 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 you're fine to correct me. You, that, that, I, I appreciate it, Marcella. Okay. 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 What's happening? There's no, there's no, sarcas- there's no sarcasm here. That, that, I, I, this is weird now, but no, I, <laughs> I was just saying, excuse me. Hey, it is 48. Marcus, you know what? I apologize. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> okay, you know what? No, this actually does have to be cut out now because you know what, Marcella? Fuck you. <laughs> no, no, this is staying in. You know why? Because fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, no, look, 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 look. Like, <clears throat> we can put our differences aside right now. Like, is it 47? Is it 48? But, like, uh, this is right now, I think the only thing we can agree on is a uh, uh, fuck you, Marcella. All right? Listen, let me go back and say that. South End Tales is an aspect ratio of 2.35 to 1 um, on the aerial disc, and the original aspect ratio is 2.39 to 1. And mm-hmm. what, what it also says here is, fuck you. <laughs> so what's happening 2531 to 3547. What's happening on screen? Uh, okay, so yes, this starts uh, at 2531. It starts with Roland and Boxer in the car. The last scene was... Uh, Roland, uh, I believe it's Ronald right now, actually. It's hard to keep uh, track. But, we're, but we think it's Roland, right? It's one of those, that is one of those things kind of hard to keep track of in the movie, but I believe it is, it's Ronald who thinks he's Roland right now. Right. Do you think that's right? Yeah. So he was just explained the power, which is boxer screenplay. And now they're, now they're in the car, uh, uh, doing the ride along that boxer is there to, uh, be a part of as experience for uh, as research character research for the power where he plays uh, Jericho Kane, the rough and tumble police officer, right? Yeah. Um, um, what is it yeah. they talk about? Right. So <laughs> boxer is uh, holding a camera. He's got like a big, uh, big camera uh, inter- and he's like uh, interviewing uh, Ronald about, uh, like what? What's what's what goes through Ronald's heads as he's cruising, cru- head as he's cruising through the streets? What's what's he looking for? And 
you know, what Ronald's giving for? this, he's giving this, this very dry, like, uh, you know, just people, uh, uh, just people that are like, uh, not following the speed limit or driving erratically or look like they may be in trouble or whatever. Um, I believe that's all he says he's looking for Marcelo, unless I, you were, mm, unless you caught on to something can, that I didn't. Can we look at the script? Can we open up the script? Do you have the script on you? Can we go? I, I do, you the, do you have the I, Blu-ray I handy? I mean, is it on right now? Because I have it. I, let me rewind that moment. Actually, I don't. I don't actually. My TV's off, but TV's it off. seems like you do. It Let's seems see. like you let do me, have that playing the in the caption. background right now, me, so you can see mute. the captions and you can see uh, what they see. say. Maybe I can read. Right. A, should I read along as as they say? Yeah, I think you should. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, <laughs> um, boxer asks, uh, you know, are they a mere suspect? Are are we all innocents right, or right. chariots mere yeah. chess pieces waiting to be thrown mm-hmm. from the gridlock and into the arms of the wolves? Yeah, being an actor, being like flowery language, yeah. right? And then then he says, "Well, I say we act like concerned citizens. We look at all the people, all the cars." <clears throat> Right. Um, we look for any unusual or erratic behavior, um, speed changes or lane changes that seem unsafe. And yeah. then, then he goes, hey, yeah, but don't you uh, don't you think emotion comes into play? Judgment calls affected by whatever mood you're in on that particular day. Right. Uh, that's what Boxer says. Emotional response is based on your past events. All right. And then um, uh, Roland goes, well, there is one thing. Uh and then boxes. I knew what, it. Yeah. And what? Tell me. Oh, be honest. What is that one thing. What is it? Rolling goes. Uh, to be honest, we're just looking out for the. Oh, I can't. Okay. You can't. What? What's going on? Uh. Um. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know what you're seeing right now, Marcelo. Boxer, kind of like wait, Boxer says. When I was, Boxer says the okay. the uh, uh, oh hmm 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 mm. then they just smile at each other. Hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's a weird scene, man. Yeah, it's a real weird one. So to so to kind of just both space out, yeah. So so to break this bit up, uh, yes, uh, right. They say the N word. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus, so. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you need to apologize. No, no, let, let, no. let's, let's, <laughs> no. You God damn it. <laughs> um, uh, so this okay, is your favorite yeah, movie yeah, yeah, of all yeah. time, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, in, in in all honesty, this is a very weird, like, you, I think it's a very weird scene. Um, sure. What I'm fascinated by is, uh, uh, boxer's reaction and the rock Dwayne Johnson's yeah. performance. Um, yes. Um, at the end of this, he's like, you're joking, right? And then Roland is, uh, Roland. Yeah. is like, uh, no, 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 I'm not joking. Then they continues on for like longer than you would expect. And then finally Roland goes, Oh, I am joking. They laugh. Yeah. I'm and, just fucking with you, man. And yeah. laughs. And, and my, well, my favorite yeah. line before I pass it back to you, my favorite line in the scene is from boxer when he says, ah, that's a good joke. And yeah, yeah. That delivery yeah. is so weird and still yeah, joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it saves this. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he, it seems like he personally, like he actually does take offense with it. And, 
Um, there, there is kind of a weird aspect to it where it's, I, I mean, it's kind of played, it's kind of played for comedy because, um, like, like the way, uh, Dwayne Johnson takes his glasses off and reacts to it. Like it's kind of a joke. And then, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a, so the reason he says this is, uh, because like they, they're about to get to the, uh, the place where they shoot uh Dion and Dream and it's supposed to be like a racially motivated killing by a police officer to uh hopefully sway the election in some way it's being captured on camera by the son or by by the stepson of uh a son-in-law by the son-in-law of uh the vice presidential candidate right so yeah uh, they feel it's necessary for that to be a part of it. So entrapment, uh, entrapment, <laughs> expose, expose, expose racism in the in the uh, UPU force. You know, yeah. and uh, uh, but this yeah. is something that came to mind. Like, do you think it's interesting that? Roland is playing a character here. He's playing Ron Ronald, right? And he's acting alongside an actor who uh-huh. is like is boxer, but is actually trying to be Jericho Kane. Is that interesting? That's that is very interesting. Yeah, when you put it like that, that that there is there are like three different layers of performance here from both characters. That That is very, very interesting. Yeah, now I, you say that. Yeah. I just put that out of my ass just now. Um, mm-hmm. after, after, uh, Roland says, uh, says the N word, uh, they go back to, uh, uh, Ver- dream and Dion and, uh, uh, actor. What is her name? Wait, what? SNL. Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry. Yes, they are. That's not. That's not the first time I've forgotten her name on here. It's that's weird. I don't know why I keep doing. How it. dare you forget Sherry O'Terry? We had a long. Rant. I don't know. We had a long rant a few episodes ago about how nobody respects Sherry O'Terry. She's not in any Oscar-nominated films like Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon gets all yes, the dream yes, projects. Yes, exactly this. And yes, Sherry O'Terry. And here I am. Forgetting. And here I am. Forgetting it, Even me. Even me. Yes. And, this, and it's like, is it my fault? No, it is Hollywood's fault. Because they... They, they, they stress to you all the time in big, shining, bright lights. Molly Shannon is, is this. Molly Shannon stars in. But, but, but then, but then you look at the footnotes and it's like, oh, Sherry O'Terry is also here. And, and it's like, they don't even want you to know that she's there. And, and it's just, and it screws with your head sometimes. You know? Even, even as me as a big fan. What's you know? wild also, and this is just proving the point further. I'm on Wikipedia, which, yes, it's my main source right. of everything, and I rely on it uh, for all factual information. Um, I'm looking yeah. at the South Antilles Wikipedia page, and it gives you, like, these uh, bullet points cast listings. Uh, it's like, you know, the top build, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. So ten people have bullet points, stick out, and the rest are, like, in a paragraph down below, right? Do you think yeah. 
Do you think Sherry O'Terry belongs in like the top 10 build people slash important characters in this movie, Marcus? Um, yeah, let me think about it. I would think, yeah, I would think, uh, the, the only people above her I would, should feel would be, uh, Boxer. Okay. Sean yeah. William Scott. Yes. Yes. They're there. Uh, Krista now. Yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, so those are the top three. We, then, can, we cannot. Yeah. We cannot argue that those are the top three actors and they deserve to be in the top 10 of these uh, Absolutely, cast yeah. bullet points. But what about the other Absolutely, seven? Absolutely, those three. What about the other ones you think are should be higher than Sherry O'Terry? I'm trying to think. I let me uh, let me help you out. Okay, who's the narrator? Maybe because of, maybe because of star power, John Larroquette could, but he's not. Okay, really that he big is. Of a character he is. He is in the top ten. He's, but he's not that big of a character. John Larroquette is in the top ten. Nora Dunn, possibly. Yes, she's in Nora the top Dunn? ten. Yes, Nora Dunn. Okay. Yes. Uh, it can't be Amy Poehler. She's not that big of a character. Amy Poehler is not in the top ten. She's in the paragraph okay, below good. with everybody else. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. I was about to have a heart attack. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh. Good God. Kevin Smith. Yes, Kevin Smith is That'd in the funny. top ten. Yes. Why? He is number ten. He is number ten. <laughs> He's in two scenes. Okay. Um. Trying to th- I'm trying to think to the end of the party. Whoever plays Martin Keefe... Oh, Justin Timberlake. Justin of Timberlake. course. I, I mentioned that before. Yes, Who Justin narrates Timberlake. the movie? Justin Timberlake. He's number... Of course. One, two, three, four, five. So, who's the fourth? There's a there's one above Justin Timberlake. There's one above Justin Timberlake. Between Sarah Michelle Gellar and Justin Timberlake, there's one... Act, there's one actress slash actress... Or sorry, actor or actress uh, character. Who is Wallace it? Wallace Shawn? No, he is... Uh, no. He's on. He's in the top ten, but he's not there at number four. Probably not by a lang. Uh, she is on. She's in the top ten, not in the top uh, four. Okay. This is this is this is strange. We've named. I mean, it's not John Lovitz. John Lovitz is in the it's paragraph. Not Red Harris. Uh. No, she's not there. They're not there. Him. Him, he's not there. Um, we've named eight of the of the ten, so it's just this. Is it is it whoever Martin Kefauver is that actor? I'm not sure his name. Uh, no, I'm not sure who that is. Either. No, it's it's a name I know. Okay, it's a name. It's a name you definitely know. So I'll say the other name. The other <laughs> it's name, a person I've seen before. <laughs> uh, 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 let me give you the other name, uh, which we haven't mentioned in the top ten. Miranda Richardson, <clears throat> who plays uh, Nana Mae Frost. She is below okay. Timberlake. Okay, Holmes Osborne? Uh, I don't... Oh, no, 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 no. I know it, I know it. Mandy Moore. Yes, Mandy Moore. Yeah, just, just for star power alone, of yeah. course. Yeah, so yeah. Johnson, William Scott, Geller, Moore, Timberlake, Miranda Richardson, Wallace Shaw, nah, uh, Bai Ling, Nora Dunn, John Larroquette, <laughs> Kevin Smith. Those are the ten, and you're telling me Sherry O'Terry Sherry is not O'Terry. a big enough character. Let me read you this paragraph. So they shoved everybody else in this paragraph after the ten. It goes, yeah, Amy Poehler, Wood Harris, Zoe Rubenstein, Beth Grant, Janine Garofalo, 
Janine Garofalo. And course. then they finally say Sherry O'Terry. Are you kidding me? Are you oh, kidding lonely. me? And then after that, John Lovitz, uh, Holmes Osborne, and then finally Will Sasso gets even. He gets the biggest shaft. He's the final name <laughs> of the paragraph this down is really- below. This is really disgusting, and I, I I have no way to corroborate this, Marcel. Maybe while you're there, if you could you could check, but I bet the the top twelve people, I bet that if you took like the first letter of all their names, that they will spell Molly Shannon. <laughs> and can you see. confirm that for me right now? Let me see. M O L L Y S H a N N O K. Oh, that was close. No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, my mistake. All right. So let's go through the IMDb but, cast but list. Uh, the conspiracy is there, guys. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I think we've ran this bit long enough. Um. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give you the IMDb version because it says here. In credits order, and it's alphabetical. So, of course, Sherry O. Terry is, like, right in the middle. So, screw that. Screw that. Uh, All right. Yeah. What what happens next in this uh, chapter? Where are we? We're still in that ride-along, all right? (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, in in the uh, ride-along, Boxer keeps uh, saying about the script, right? He keeps saying about the script. Uh... And he, he mentions uh, the baby, the baby yeah. in the script who has not had a bowel movement in 10 days or what, in a week since he's been born. Yeah. And this prompts Roland to say that, huh, I have not had a bowel movement or a PP in six whole days. Right. So and, so, and so, and so you start to think something must be up with this character, huh? Interesting. Interesting. Now, no, no, but but really, what do you think that means? Like, it, it's so Sean William Scott is the stand-in for the baby, and we see, and we, and we saw in the screenplay, we read it in the graphic novel that the baby, um, is like the savior, the one that takes it into the New Jerusalem or whatever. Uh, they go to that McDonald's, and the McDonald's starts floating. Uh. That is the connection. Then I mean, that's yeah, yeah. It's very um, blatant. I think. I mean, right? That's yeah. that's obviously that. It's obvious that. Right. Um, and again, this is something we know because we read that graphic novel, that prequel comic. Well, right. I, I, I still have a little bit of a question about it, but continue, Marcel. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and, and even here, you know, you know, they mention it and. It's fairly obvious that yes, Sean William Scott is the um, uh, is the baby, and uh, it's all connected. Yeah, it's all it's all happening in real life. And uh, what, what's your question about this, Marcus? Well, my question is like in the screenplay, Jericho Kane very blatantly gets the baby to McDonald's. The baby needs to eat; it's eating at like an absurd amount, and so they go to McDonald's to get the baby food. And uh, at the McDonald's is when all the stuff happens. But <clears throat> um, what does Boxer have to do necessarily with getting Roland to where he gets Roland to? 
Well, let's, like, how are those let's two stories connected necessarily? No, I'm, I'm not thinking about it right now. Let's think about it. Let, it let, let's 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 walk this bridge. Um, Please, yeah. Holding hands, we're gonna walk this bridge mm-hmm. together. Skipping along. Skipping along. Now you have to remind me of what happens uh, in the movie because I am forgetting the 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 path <laughs> the path to the end. Um, but you're asking how does Boxer play a role in putting Roland in that final scene uh, in that floating van? Right? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Boxer have anything to do with that? I think he does because okay. In a very general sense, if it wasn't for Boxer, then Roland wouldn't be where he is. Uh, if if Boxer wasn't mm-hmm. uh, targeted for this like blackmail scheme, then Roland would not have found himself in that van, right? Is there a scenario where he would have found himself in the van if it wasn't for Boxer and like this blackmailing scheme, Marcus? That was a question for me? Or yes, that was a question. <laughs> That was more of a question uh, to you because it was also sounded hypothetical. Like a hypothetical. Listen, yeah, it was a hypothetical for sure because I wanted you to say the correct answer because the answer is very clear. Like yes, yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but it but it still seems like it's kind of an indirect way, and it's not necessarily a one to one to the screenplay. Yeah, so I I, I understand. I, I'm giving this scenario the benefit of the doubt of like. In the loosest way possible, yes, Boxer is kind of the the, the driving force that leads yeah. Roland to that path to the end. Because for- once the once the shooting happens in a couple scenes, we're not going to get to it today. But once that shooting happens, I believe that's the last time those two interact with each other. Yeah, because you have to remind me Unless what what happens to Roland after that shooting. Because like that, that 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 shooting that John Le- you know John Lovitz actually yeah. kills those two and yeah, but. Both what? of them run off scared. Yeah, where does Roland directions. end up at? Because that's what I forget is like what Roland does between then and like the end of the movie. Roland, um, he goes. No, no, that's the other one. <laughs> uh, well, one of the Rolands, he goes off, and he, uh, the one that falls in the trash can. He wakes up and he goes uh, and borrows the cell phone. Gets kidnapped by. Um, by the Highlander, and the Highlander drives him off. And then the other one, in the meantime, uh, runs into Martin Kefauver, who's trying to kill himself in the van, right? Yeah. And uh, him and Mar- him and Martin and him think they're gonna go steal. Th- they get high off of fluid karma. They think they're gonna steal the ATM and go to Mexico. And then they end up running into the ice cream truck, and then that does what it does. Yeah, so that's what they're doing. Yeah, so again, just saying my point again in the most roundabout way possible. Boxer doesn't he doesn't uh, purposefully drive, yeah. you know, not not literally. He doesn't drive Roland and Ronald to that endpoint, but he is a catalyst. That's the word. He's the catalyst that drives sure them to that endpoint. So there you go. Okay. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Understandable. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not as quite as one to one. It's just like he is still an actor in this. Uh, you are uh, not this, uh, grand Dungeons and Dragons 
game. You're not fulfilled by that, though. It seems like you no, I'm fulfilled by it. I, I am. I, I I do. I do think maybe I do wish maybe there was more time for those two characters to do something better together. But um, I understand the ways they split off. Uh, Boxer's being led on his own journey. He gets. We're, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Here, no, I think. But, I, I think, but, Box, I think but yeah, it it, yeah. it all plays into what's happening in this scene and that baby thing. It, 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 this is why we're doing it this way. I think. Imagine if we tried to do all this in just like two episodes or something. No, we would not yeah, have had. A, we would not have had a twenty-minute discussion about the baby in the script of the fake movie. No, in Southland Hills, <laughs> yeah. of which we read yeah. the actual <clears throat> script in the Southland Hills prequel comic. Yeah. So anyway, this okay. uh, this bowel movement thing it leads to a funny like argument between oh. Dion and Dream. Can I say uh, Dreams? I'm gonna interrupt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The yeah. bow the bowel movement thing. I always and correct me if I'm wrong or if I am stating the obvious, but isn't that part? Isn't that a side effect of the fluid karma? You just you just can't shit. Is it? I I, just, uh, I, that's that wasn't a hypothetical. I, I can't. Um, <laughs> I can't remember that being a part of the of the side effects. I just remember the see into the future or in the past thing, and then having like a telekinetic. I don't. I don't remember. Maybe that I, being a side effect, but it could be. Maybe I need to read the prequel comic again because either yeah, I, either I feel like we do honestly. We do another episode just on on the reread of the prequel comic. Um, yeah, because maybe. Either two things are happening. Either I'm making it up. Either I no like, no I'm no 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 no, Con- no, no, no 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 continue your thing. I think I know the answer. Either I'm making it up, or it's mentioned in the prequel comic that that's a side effect. One of two things. Uh, I think that well the, the 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 one that hasn't had a bowel movement, they are the one that was uh, not taken through the wormhole. They're the one that was created by the wormhole. They're they're the ah. they're the one that's like forty seconds in the past or whatever, and maybe that has something to do with it. Like would the would had that had the new the old the had the clone of Boxer survived, would the clone probably be having the same problem? Yes. That's okay. You know what I mean? Maybe <sighs> it's like they're in they're not in their world and they're not functioning correctly. Let's dig into this. Okay. What you're saying is what I'm what I'm what I'm grasping from what you just said is a so the one who can't shit he his bowel movements his shit and piss is <laughs> is stuck in space and time so I guess <laughs> maybe we have to we have to keep track of the other one we have to keep track of Ronald whether he pisses or shits more mm-hmm. than Roland, mm-hmm. maybe he makes up for the fact that Roland can't shit or piss. Maybe Ronald shits and pisses twice as much. <laughs> That's possible, yeah. I guess Possibly. they do have that uh, in in the in the warehouse where he's being held. They do have that giant toilet. There you and go. Maybe it's because they need it because. Of how much it's being used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We solved that one. Done. We're solving a lot. Of I stuff. guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're really killing it here. So uh, yeah, D on the dream. They have the big argument over <laughs> uh, what uh, whether uh, 
bowel movements are natural and if they're like a thing that has to happen or if if we had the choice if we would say no to doing them and uh dion believes that yeah it's a natural thing that has to happen and even if it didn't we would still do it and dream is like no we don't have to do it it's a thing that the world imposes on us which is it's a very funny very very funny weird scene oh wait okay Sorry to keep t- t- talking about the shit and piss again, but doesn't Boxer say the baby in the script and his in his the movie script like processes energy different than other, yeah. other babies, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's why I'm thinking it's like ro- ro- rolling, not shitting or pissing. Maybe that's like a side effect or some weird cosmic thing where he is this again. It's this fucking Christ figure stuff. Like maybe he's like. The, the one of the engines that drives everybody to the end of the world because he's this being who can't shoot or piss. I don't know. So yeah, I just remember that aspect of the of the scene too. Anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about shit and piss on this episode. Right. We will have a lot more piss talk in later episodes, though. Believe you me. Um. Uh, yeah, and then back at the hideout, Kenny shows up. Kenny Chan. Played by Mike Nielsen, who I looked up. Apparently, for some reason, he looks very familiar to me, like a guy that's shown up in a lot of stuff. But I looked him up, and that's certainly not the case. Um, I must have just watched this movie so much that he became familiar to me. But uh, um, he shows up late, gets chewed out, uh, and then he gets working on the computers. And if Roland wakes, uh, Dion and Dream have to go get shot, and uh, Kenny is left behind to watch over Roland and watch the security footage and what what have you. Um, and then it's revealed. This is something I never uh, fully gathered, but uh, watching it like this, I fully picked up on it. Not that it's not, not that it's like not super obvious. It's just like, there are so many super obvious things that happening at once in this movie that like you miss some of them, even if you've seen it multiple times, but like, Uh, It's revealed that Kenny has like a a listening device and like a tracker under the collar of his shirt. And the way that that gets there is Starla um, back at the U.S. ident offices. She steals or borrows, I guess, Kenny's uh, coat. Oh, yeah. And puts it on there. And she kind of gives like when Kenny takes the coat, she kind of gives this like evil smirk or whatever. And I'm kind of. I guess she's that devoted to the cause, I guess. Is that why she does that? Because it seems like a kind of a thing that she does of her own volition. Um, I forget her role. Cause like, isn't she just, obs- she's obsessed with boxer, right? She's obsessed with boxer. Um, she wants to suck his dick. Um, she has and- read the power Right. Yeah, and and by the way, that's just that wasn't she, that she, wasn't Marcus's commentary. That that's in the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's not how Marcus talks. Like when when he says someone's attracted to somebody else, so she wants to suck his dick. Uh, and they uh, and she believes herself to be um a character from the screenplay. The name is for, I'm forgetting, but. Uh, she believes herself to be this specific character from the screenplay, and uh, maybe she knows 
the neo-Marxists are connected to Boxer in some way, and she's trying to, this is all part of her plan to get closer to Boxer. Who knows? I don't know. Do you know? I don't. I'm not entirely sure. I think that's something we'll definitely have to... Uh, I mean, yeah. are, you, are you keeping track of all the mysteries we have to solve? Because that's one we have to solve. So, boy, we'll have to keep an eye on that one next. You know, in the next few episodes. Yeah, like what Starla's doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, how I said, keep a keep an <clears throat> eye on those uh, those balls, those glowing balls. And, and we we have done that. We did I it? didn't see any of this episode. Did you? I did not. I did not. But, no. but again, like uh, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm watching it on mute in the background, so I'm keeping an eye on it this time. Let's see. Nope, I don't see any so far. Oh, he said the and, end. And that's how again. you do your research too. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> on mute in the background. You look up every few seconds. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> you're not wrong. That's uh, that's a, that's what's happening. I'm I'm constantly rewinding it to chapter three <clears throat> every time it hits chapter four. Um, New scene. Here we go. Right. Yes, folks. Hell yes. What is it? The California election. They have 55 electoral votes. It's very important, too. Uh, The Frost and uh, the other guy, Frost and, it's not Bush, Frost and the other guy. Oh. Lieberman. Well, uh, uh, talk Uh, about what's happening here, but I have, it's something I did in the process of making... Of of doing the show, I found this out. But you talk about this election stuff, and I'll uh, re- I'll reveal something you may not know about South End Tales. But apparently, California is a very hotly contested uh, state, which is tech is usually not the case. But as we know, in this world, uh, Republicans have taken control thanks to uh, severe terrorist activity, war effort, bombing on the U.S. In Texas, two nuclear bombs drop. Marcelo, your worst fear must oh, be yes. living down in Texas. Actually, I I, um, I I forget the reason. Maybe I was I was watching something about nuclear war. That makes that makes a lot of sense, Marcelo. You fucking idiot. But I was like, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 thinking about like Doctor Strange Love or like uh, Failsafe, you know. And I thought, you know, what would happen if a nuclear bomb you know, fell in Austin. I'd be fucked, right? Yeah. 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 It'd be uh, super, super fucked, Marcelo, but hopefully you'd get out in time. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. What, what was, did, do you want me to continue going into the scene or do you have your thing that you were going to say? I'll just, I'll just reveal it now. Do I keep going? No, I'll I'm keep, right. okay, okay. <laughs> okay. On the poster and on various, uh, other media of Southland Tales. Um, is it on the? Air? It's it's nowhere. The thumbprint thing. It's nowhere on the um, Arrow release actually. The map of Southland Tales. That, oh, okay. That blue and red, like warped map. Yeah. Do you yeah. have Do you have any idea what that is? No. I don't. Like, you think it's? It looks cool. You think it's just like you know Richard Kelly or whatever um, um, artist was like, oh, let's make a let's make a warped futuristic looking map of uh, some not. Um, I mean, I, I say map. You assume it's a map, right? Right? It's some it's, you know, or, or or what did you? Think I mean, it, it, it looks like it's it's it looks like it's vaguely in the shape of the United States. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right? that that you can yeah. you can see, you know, it's vaguely like yes. the United States. Okay. So in making 
the um, the podcast art for this show, which 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 I'm proud of. I'm not I'm not a graphic artist, but like I think it came it out pretty nice, well. It looks nice, Marcel. I think it looks I'm, nice. I'm a fan. It's it's fun. It looks right? very nice. I it u- looks good. I used uh, the map of South Better Hotels. than fine. Okay, don't whatever. put yourself down like that, Marcella. It looks great. C minus. Um, I I I looked up. A plus, up, I say. Uh, C. Um, I mm. I googled like I always do. Like, hey, I want to I want to get elements from the poster. You know, the font. And I, I I looked up all these elements, and I googled Southland Tales map because I, I just want that image, and I put that image. You know, right, right. You know, center of that podcast art, right? That iconic to me, anyway. When you think South Antilles, you think of that warped post, that warped map, right, from the poster. So, one of the first hits when you search South Antilles map is something. Uh, it's from a web page called Election Map Wallpaper um, from two thousand and four. So what it what in actuality it it's a map that is supposed to represent the red and blue aspects of um, the 2004 election results. Um, I don't know exactly why it's warped like that. Like I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at this page. Yeah. And it's supposed to, I guess, like represent the size of the electorate. You know, to better represent mm. uh, uh, okay. uh, who voted. You know, rather than you know. Uh, comparing, you know, red states to blue states, there are a lot more people in blue states than red states if you, like, weigh things out. So I think this map is supposed to represent, like, the actual viewpoint of what an electorate in America looks like. Red and blue. That's that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. So that's cool. I'm sure Richard Kelly or whoever made the art, the key art for South End Tales, I don't, maybe they were purposefully saying, "Oh, let's look up election maps from 2004," and they found this image and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. Let's use that." You know, or maybe hmm. Kelly saw it in like a news report and thought that was a cool image and he used that. So yeah, there you go. Fun fact: that map is an actual map. Uh, somebody from <clears throat> the University of Michigan, it says here, uh, made in 2004 to represent the electoral results. So that is my fun uh-huh. fact. Well, whoever that is, uh, we salute you. Yeah. Um, so Bobby has Krista's uh, CD, Teen Horning, This Is Not a Crime. He reads that and he says, uh, I never said it was. Very funny line reading by Holmes Osborne, the great. The God, Holmes Osborne. Uh, they have received a video from Deep Throat 2. Somebody calling themselves Deep Throat 2. Very funny. And uh, Deep Throat 2 is, of course, uh, Cindy... Pinziki and Terry of the neo-Marxists. They're kind of like, I don't know if they're the head or they're just leading members of that uh, organization. Um, and uh, they show, they send uh, Holmes Osborne and John Larroquette and gang uh, the um, <clears throat> the uh, video uh, showing Boxer and Krista together and saying, if you want this video back, uh, you have to give us $1 million and you have to vote yes on Proposition 69. Proposition nice. 69, we will get to in one second. But uh, at the end, um, uh, Frost says, uh, 
Well, if you think you're getting, we're not negotiating with terrorists. And if you think you're getting that money, you have miles to go before you sleep and miles to go before you sleep. Of course, an allusion to Robert Frost, the character that Bobby Frost is named after the char- the man, the real man, the poet from a poem, uh, uh, stopping by woods on snowy evening. Wait, uh, are they supposed to be related in the movie? Frost? They, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're related. I think it's just, that is just how the character is written is like he has his exact name and he talks in poet poetical illusions all the time. Like that's not the only time. Like when he was opening up the, the ribbon cutting for UPU two UPA UPU five office. He had a, he had another quote like that. And they have uh, various poetic quotes throughout the movie, like the whimper, not a bang thing. Mm. So, I think it's just a, a thing the movie's doing. I don't necessarily know how much it uh, so ties it, into anything or not. So it would be I think it's just like a joke. It would be like somebody called like uh, Frank Shakespeare, just saying Shakespeare lines. No. I guess, yeah. yeah. I, I truly just think it's a, a weird joke, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> also funny is uh, I mean when they hang up on Cindy. <laughs> Uh, Holmes Holmes Osborne is so funny in this movie. I think he's just doing a bunch of little stuff. He's really uh, like, good. The way he just like he just he he kind of laughs a little and says "ha bitch" or whatever like, <laughs> when he hangs up on her, and it's it's, it's just a great line read. And anyway, so we go back to Cindy's place. Uh, Cindy, uh, not happy about the phone call. She says they're going into phase two. Krista is there. Um, and then it the camera slowly zooms in on a confused Krista's face as they're explaining proposition 69. And, uh, this is, this is the quote. I think it's very funny how it's in tandem with, uh, slowly zooming in on Krista's face proposition 69 to Krista. That number had one meaning and one meaning only to everyone else. It was a proposition on the ballot to restrict the powers of us ident. And like I, I, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is doing, she's she's just it's just a look, but it's so 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 funny. It's also a great what they're doing. It's a great visual gag because she's drinking from her yeah. energy, from her energy drink and her face yes, is on yes. that drink. <laughs> it's it's like she's looking concerned, kind of scared, but it's but they're telling you she's actually confused and like like so severely doesn't understand what's going on that it's like, she's almost kind of stupid. And then she's, <laughs> it zooms in far enough that you can like see her face making the exact same expression <laughs> on her energy drink can. And then she takes a little sip from it. And that's the end of the scene. It's a good guess. So, it's incredibly funny. It's incredibly funny. That, that's yeah. Yeah, it, it's, there's a lot of like slow burn, like not slow burn, but like, you got to think about them a little bit. And then it's like extremely funny every time you watch it. Like uh, then on jokes that are understated that are not. Yeah. Perfect. Clearly perfect word for it. Yes. Yeah. Perfect word for it. Um, right. What's what's next, Marcus? Um, then we go to uh, TV. Uh, there's like a little child saying my parents died in Texas in the nuclear attacks. Vote no on Prop 69. Uh, the TV flips to Baron von Westphalen being called a 
the Chiron says crybaby, and they're saying they have atmospheric contamination reports from uh, from Trier, and he's like trying to deny it. And then they flip to they flip the TV again to uh, the talk show, uh, Kristen Now. Uh, and then another great quote. Another another very funny thing. I have a question for the Supreme Court. This is one of the porn stars on Kristen now. I have a question for the Supreme Court. What happens when a woman has sex on a flight from London to Los Angeles, then takes the morning after pill while flying across the time zone? Then it becomes the morning before pill? And everybody there is like, like that's genius. It's, it, it's so fucking funny. It's so fucking funny, isn't it, Marcel? Please talk. <laughs> it is... It is, it is, I agree with you. It is funny. Do you know? Do you know what? My I mean? delivery wasn't good, but that is a that's a very funny like, uh, line joke. I, I was also quiet because I wanted to do some quick research as you were talking because I wanted to. I mean, uh, were you done with your point? Not to be rude. Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not. I am done. I'm not I'm saying. Done. I'm not saying. Shut up, because I'm talking now. Um, <laughs> but, I told you to talk. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. I'm on my third third cup of coffee. And this is my third recording of the day, so and it's also ten twenty six at night. So uh, I'm doing great. Um, that ad, the political ad with the girl here that you just mentioned, right? You know the the, the ad that says "Vote No on 69. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a direct, you know, a, a reference to the Daisy uh, political ad. Uh, do you know about that? That uh, it's like uh, it, it was during the presidential election of '64, and um, it showed like a girl uh, picking flowers, and then all of a sudden the screen flashes, and like uh, she's dead from a nuclear holocaust. Like, do you do, do you know what I'm talking about, Marcus? No, no idea. Yeah. So, like I said, 1964 uh, campaign. This was like a. 1964. This is like something. Is that is that what Don Draper made at the end of Mad Men? It wasn't the Coke commercial. I'm sure they they talked about this, right? What what what, what year they did must have, right? what, what year did Mad Men end in, in the show? I mean, oh, uh, whenever that Coke commercial was, sometime in the 60s. I'm gonna look that up too. Mad Men finale. Okay, as I look that up, uh, I'll tell you about the Daisy ad. Uh, it says here it was a controversial political advertisement that aired on television. During the 1964 U.S. presidential election, uh, Lyndon Johnson made the ad. He was the incumbent. Uh, it says here, though officially aired only once by the campaign, it is considered to be an, an important factor in Johnson's landslide victory over Barry Goldwater. And an important, huh. it was an important turning point in political and advertising history. Uh, but yes, the advertisement begins with a little girl standing in a meadow with chirping birds, picking the petals of a, off a daisy, uh, and then repeating the numbers and counting in the wrong order. Uh, she reaches nine, pauses, and a male vo- and a male voice is heard saying ten at the start of a missile launch countdown. This is a long description. Yada yada yada. The scene cuts to footage of a mushroom cloud, and the final cut uh, of a slowed close-up section of an incandescent of the incandescence of a nuclear explosion. 
yeah. Uh, sound harrowing uh, for any audience to see in 1964 a, a, a young girl getting mm-hmm. annihilated by a nuclear blast. But hey, it won uh, Johnson the election. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we wish that young girl well. Um, it says here she has passed. I pat- hope she didn't die. It says here, I'm looking it up now. Unfortunately, she passed away. Uh, in the nuclear explosion. In the nuclear Shit. That was my joke. Okay. Shit. Right. Uh, okay, when it. did Mad Men end? Let's see. I'm looking that up now. Uh, the oh, series. 2015. No, mm-hmm. shut up. I'm saying the year in which it ended. It said uh, 1970. It ended uh, in in show. It ended in, in the year nineteen seventy. So I'm sure gotcha. sixty four. I mean, I'm sure they mentioned it maybe like in season two or three. It's like, hey, hey guys, did you see that ad with that Daisy girl? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe uh, uh, Don Draper's firm. Maybe they made that ad. You know, it, you know, uh, maybe that's part of the canon of the show. M- maybe Don Draper did make that ad. That's interesting. Maybe. Let's let's do a Mad Men podcast. Um, oh my God! Please, can we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> can we? Let's end this right, now. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you guys later. Next time, <laughs> this, is, this a- is episode one of uh, Mad Men. Mad Men talking Mad Men. We're mad. We're it, really pissed off at each other. It's a time. it's a Mad 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 Men show. Pack podcast. All right. What's All next? right. So yeah. More TV time. Uh, not much interesting happened happening on it. Some neo-Marxists got arrested, and then uh, and then we're uh, back in the thing, and then and then we're uh, in the at the house where Dion and Dream end up getting killed. They're putting on their facial prosthetics, which they say they need because they think they're cultural icons and they'll be recognized. Otherwise, um, Zora and uh, the the guy that got his thumb cut off, they are. Uh, putting the squibs on and putting the prosthetics on and painting uh, Dream's big dumb nose or Dion's big dumb nose um, and le- uh, the, <laughs> the way that Wood Harris talks with the uh, the fake teeth in his mouth is very funny I forget what his line was but oh and, and they make reference to the fact that Zora is a comedian in this scene that oh, I, yeah. I don't think they do that too much uh because uh, Dream, who's Amy Poehler's character, says uh, just because it's loud doesn't mean it's funny when they're like arguing about who's a better com- oh, yeah. comedian or something like that. I caught that. And, like this that's kind of the yeah, that's kind of like the only real reference they make to that, which is like this like that's like seems like a, a remnant of the original screenplay where this was like about a group of like improv comedians in LA who were trying to extort money from an, a famous actor. So I thought that was just kind of interesting, not super important. But that's like, wild. I think it, I think that's important. Don't, don't, don't undersell yourself, Marcus. I think, I think that's, well, yeah, it sounds like a remnant. Is it important? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Uh, I, sorry. You know what I No, Don't apologize. Um, <laughs> what I got from it this time uh, was I, I actually forgot about that whole original screenplay angle and like how it's supposed to be like you said an improv group you know uh, extorting whatever blah 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 what I took from it was a meta take on again we're going to talk about Sherry O'Terry again 
a meta take on like a Sherry O'Terry comedian versus like an Amy Poehler comedian. Now, would you? I mean, how much SNL have you seen in that era, Marcus? In the Amy Poehler Sherry O'Terry era? Legitimately, this is the only thing I know Sherry O'Terry from. Okay, okay. Now, Sherry O'Terry. Uh, yeah. I mean, she was a huge mainstay of uh, SNL. I think in the late '90s, early 2000s, and then Amy Poehler jumped on. Uh, I think early 2000s, you know, through you know mid 2000s, 2010, whatever. Sherry O'Terry. Again, this is why I think it's a meta comment. Uh, Sherry O'Terry was always like very loud in her characters, um, screaming. She was hilarious, but that was just her kind of angle, like kind of like angry loud right um amy poehler not as much right yeah um so maybe that that's why i thought like mm-hmm. oh is this is this like a meta take on like sherry terry as a comedian is that what's going on like, it might and, be that's and, that's interesting and also them both being from snl and like <clears throat> amy poehler not no, it being like a different kind of comedy than i think sherry terry because amy poehler is definitely much more improv uh, I think I don't know what improv background Sherry O'Terry has, but Amy Poehler is from the Upright Citizens Brigade improv group. So the founder, yeah, she's a founding member. Um, I'll actually look up Sherry O'Terry. I want to see. What, I want to see where she started. Uh, I'm assuming Second City. That's my guess. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, 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 that was my take. You know, whether it was intentional or not, I just found it interesting that. Perhaps it was a it was a commentary on Shiro Terry as a comedian. So I don't know. Well, that is that is interesting. I uh, I like that, um, and it's interesting enough. I hope to end an episode on because that is the end of the section. And that's the episode. Thank you for listening, Whoa. guys. What what a show! Um, it was it good was, one. Was yeah, a really good one. Yeah, it was nice. a, a lot of Southland Tales talk. So it, it was it was one of those episodes where I, I'm, I'm Marcel. I'm going to keep cutting you off until I get to say what I want to say. I I think that it it was one of those like this is not this was clearly not the most action packed episode we're going to have. Like uh, uh, I mean, what like uh, they drove in the car for a while and they kind of set up things that are going to happen later. Not, not that much super big happened here, but it's just one of those things we, we got to do it. And, uh, I'm proud of us for doing it. And, um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I, I do not think there are going to be that many episodes like this left. I think not that things are going to go off a crazy train next episode, but like, I don't know if there's that many uh, episodes that are going to be like, uh, eh, nothing really happened. Yeah. Like and and if, even, even you saying that there were still things we talked about that, you know, I yeah. had, I had not think I had not thought about in the past and maybe I looked at certain scenes in a different way in this section. So yeah, even that, like I still was totally interested and, uh, I, I I do like that we're doing it this way versus um, you know maybe just doing an episode or even breaking it down minute by minutes. I think we found a I think we we found a good uh, uh, way of uh, breaking this down. So yeah, I do yeah. too, Marcelo. I think uh, this was fun. Always fun to do it to you. Stay tuned. Yeah, what's the what are we talking about next episode? Next episode, of course, this was part three. That's part four. 
chapter four, real four, <laughs> yeah. starting at uh, um, 35 yeah. minutes and 48 seconds uh, to, uh, what's the time code for chapter four, Marcus? It's 3547 to 4627. There you go. So stay We're going to see a man get killed. Ooh, what a tease for the next episode. Yep. Shots. We're going to watch a man get murdered. Um, yes. So thanks for and, listening. Before uh, we go, plugs. Uh, follow Marcus at Gunk Bladers. There are no plugs on this show. Listen to Marking the Marks, our monthly wrestling podcast. This month I we're talking. <laughs> Uh, what's the what's the pay per view? What what date is the next AEW Double or Nothing? Uh, that just happened this last Sunday. We are going to be discussing it as soon as this gets off the air. Absolutely. Um, so stay tuned <clears> for those episodes. Um, and until next yeah. time, it's time for our signature catchphrase. Uh, that's right, everybody. Here we it's go. Time for us to remind you. Uh, hey. It's time for us to tell you to please, please have, have a a nice nice. Uh, pod. Pod. Bye. Bye.